Welcome to Story and Horse, a podcast where we hear stories from creative lives. Meet new people, hear about their challenges and triumphs, and get inspired to move forward with your creativity. Now here's your host, Hilary Adams. Hello, thanks for joining us on the Story and Horse podcast. I'm Hilary Adams, founder of Story and Horse. Story and Horse supports creative empowerment, and here on the podcast, we enjoy stories from creative lives. Today, we welcome Dan Amboyer. Dan is an actor, and he dabbles in many other artistic endeavors. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for being with us here today. Um, so let's begin, Dan, with just a little bit of telling us about who you are, what you're up to. Uh, so I, I'm Dan Amboyer, and uh, I am an actor, uh, primarily. Uh, I like to think I have, um, I'm a, a creative being and sometimes it you know, pops out in different, different ways. Uh, but primarily these days, I'm an actor. I've also directed in the past. Um, since the, the pandemic kind of happened, I, uh, <laughs> most of my creative time has been spent with my toddler. I have a son who's just about to turn two. So uh, I, I put a lot of creative energy to keeping his days vibrant and uh, varied and full of um, creativity. So um, I also do that as my other, my other job is a uh, toddler time. Um, but I am an actor and I uh, started out in the theater. I uh, started doing theater from the time I was like eight years old um, and just always loved it. Did not have stage parents at all. It was always me pushing and pushing and pushing the ship and trying to set, I don't know if you all know what backstage is, but uh, um, if you, if those listening do know, it's kind of like a classifieds for actors trying to get jobs. And back in the nineties, I begged my parents for Christmas for a backstage subscription, which would arrive, you know, in newspaper form in our mailbox in suburban Detroit, you know, which <laughs> I would just read up all those casting calls and have absolutely no, you know, application for my, uh, my 10 year old life, but it was fun to read and, um, learn from. So I've always just been kind of, uh, really wanted to be in the creative world and be part of it. And any way possible. Um, but these days, uh, I work a lot on TV. Um, just in the past uh, month, I've uh, guest starred on uh, an episode of um, FBI Most Wanted, where I played a terrible, terrible person. Uh, um, well, I shouldn't say terrible person. He had, he, he was pretty bad, though, I will say that. He, uh, <laughs> a former <laughs> firefighter who burned down a place and killed three people in the episode. And so, uh, that was something. And then I, I guess started on an episode of um, Law and Order Organized Crime, um, which came out like two weeks ago. And uh, I was um, sweet talked into the mob um, there. So I, I did some not so good things there either. But uh, currently right now I'm filming a new comedy uh, for Netflix. It's called Uncoupled um, by Darren Starr, who also did like Sex and the City and that stuff. And uh, it's uh, really fun because I, I'm actually, I should say too, I'm a, a gay actor, I'm an out actor, and uh, I get to play gay really for the first mm-hmm. time in a meaningful way. Um, and so I, I have a, a male love interest and it's, it's really fun to get the chance to do that. It's a, it's a whole new thing. Does it feel good to get back into it? Yeah, it, it does feel good. It's because uh, um, where it's been for my industry is that you make a lot of audition tapes, you know, <laughs> from like where I am now in my bedroom and you, you make them and you're solo and, you know, you find 
there's a little bit of the, the piece of the puzzle of lacking, which is the uh, collaboration with the other people in the room. And when you're working on a, uh, a show, a play or a TV show, there's, you know, um, there's other people in the room, there's a director, there's people to collaborate with and bounce ideas off of. So I've really missed that. So it's, it's really great to be back and um, having conversations with people around um, art and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff again. Mm. And you've done some directing. Is that correct? I have. I have. I directed my first play in um, <laughs> 2019, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, <laughs> which was really um, just something that I've always wanted to do. It was uh, a play called Whirlwind. It was off-Broadway at the Wild Project, and it was with a playwright that I uh, had first worked with. He He cast me in a play. I was an actor for him first, and then we continued a relationship, and we started talking and he asked me if I'd be interested in directing because it seemed like I had a director's, you know, um, approach to a lot of things. And I said, yeah, I would love to. We worked on a few workshops and eventually the opportunity came up where to, um, there's somebody who wanted to produce this play. So, uh, that was my first go, uh, which was really a, a great experience. I don't know if you do this too, but I feel like, you know, when you're, um, putting out your, your bucket list or your life plan. You're like, I've got to accomplish this and this and this before I can allow myself to move on to the next thing. And that's always kind of what it's been for me with directing. Like I want to accomplish and be focused and to achieve what I want in you know, my acting career before I move on to directing. But um, to have an opportunity to put in front of you, you go, Oh, well, I guess I just did that. I was able to do that at the same time. And I actually can do more, more, more than one thing and and pursue more than one thing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. at a time. So uh, I I do hope to continue uh, concurrently both those paths. Mm -hmm. And do you have a creative themed story that you'd like to share with us today? You know, I think it's actually, it's, um, I I won't go into the whole thing about directing this play, but there is an aspect of, of that, uh, of directing this play, uh, Whirlwind, um, that really did bring out some creativity that I thought might be fun to share. Yeah, <laughs> please do. Yeah. So I think to, to even start with it, um, you know, from working in the, the theater, mm-hmm. it's just such a collaboration of so many different artists, you know, coming together. When, when you are doing a play, there's, um, you know, there's a costume designer, there's a lighting designer, a sound designer, and there's there's so many actors, and there's a director, and there's stage managers, and um, there's just so many creative minds coming together where it feels like um, just like this almost holy form of um, of art of collaboration, and just everybody's creative juices are flowing so much, and there's you know a limited rehearsal window. <laughs> always for these things too so you really have to make decisions quickly and act on your feet and when you're doing a play that doesn't have a lot of resources um uh there's some plays you know that on broadway like the the capitalization is anywhere from you know three million to i don't know what like harry potter is like 50 million you know it's there's a lot of money and uh you can you have the ability to make decisions you know with knowing that you have the support behind you to to make those decisions but when you're working on a more intimate play like ours, which was three characters in a small off-Broadway space, um, you have to be, I guess, more creative with problem solving, which is something, I guess, where my story is headed to, which I really um, have found that 
I really love creative problem solving and being a little bit restricted, I guess. I feel like uh, for me, if I have uh, boundaries around me, I feel like for me, for whatever reason, that in those times uh, I become more creative and um, more in tune. So we were working on this play, um, Whirlwinds, and we had been uh, trying to figure out a set for this play. It took place in, um, uh, in California and kind of like uh, uh, the tech area, um, outside San Francisco, and it was a very environmentally themed play. And so we were very particular about what resources we were using during the process to, especially we're trying to be as green as possible. And often with theater, uh, sets are made out of wood and then lumber and all this money is spent to buy lumber. And then at the end of the day, when the show closes, it's just discarded and thrown into a dumpster. And it's, it's kind of sad and truly, really, it's wasteful. So we were really trying to avoid that. And um, we were working with a designer <clears throat> um who was working on many projects at the time and uh to, to, to jump forward we we were just about um a week before rehearsal when our designer had to bow out of our production <laughs> completely as sometimes happens off broadway and so um we we had hoped to be able to you know use some of the design still but that turned out uh, after trying to negotiate some of that, that just wasn't going to work between agency and all this stuff. There's a lot of things. So uh, very quickly, I had to find a new designer for the space that, you know, we were going to be putting on this play at this point. It was our first preview was less than a month away, you know, and um, I, I found a, a really talented young designer and uh, we started collaborating, came up with really green ideas and, uh, we found, we created this beautiful set and what was really special about it, I guess is what I'm heading to is that, um, everybody on this production, the actors, um, across, you know, the artistic disciplines from the designs, the costumes, whatever, um, we all knew, we all believed in this play and we knew it was really crunch time with this set to make it happen as far as even building it and loading it into the theater and figuring out how to rig the, the moving elements and all these things, but all this, in the end, we really, we came together. I mean, we had a few overnight things and um, we all just felt so creative and it was so rewarding um, to do that. And I guess coming from my other recent experiences working in TV or film or um, other, you know, bigger theater stuff where it feels like you have your one job, you do that and you do it well and then you know unions and all this stuff and you walk away from it and you you can't touch things and everyone else has to figure it out but in this particular case um it, it felt like such a return almost to why i got into what i do my creativity as a as a kid of building the set at the school you know or even in college and building it all together and creating this sandcastle of art together with a, a group of artists and um solving a problem and creatively solving it under you know restrictions of of money of time um of physical labor and so we created this this gr very green you know eco-friendly set that was beautiful um and we did it all together and uh, i was very proud to have been the director in that moment and to um have had a group of people around me that believed in it that much to put their artistic and creative resources towards it and um it ended up winning an award for New York's innovative uh, theater award for best like scenic design too, which was just crazy, you know, but I was just so proud that we all came up with that, you know, together. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of 
my uh, creative story. <laughs> well, thank you. Isn't that an amazing feeling? Um, sort of against all odds sometimes in the smaller theater spaces and these smaller theater shows. I've done many of them myself. It's sort yes. of that, can, can you believe it? Like we're, you know, we have people in those seats in like three weeks and we don't, oh. have, a, we don't have a set oh. yet. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you you literally don't know if there's going to, because, you know, at one point I was just like, you know, I feel more confident in just having an open blank space. Like, let's just paint it all white, have some cool chairs and we'll be done with it. You know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, filling it with, with, with just stuff. But, but yeah, it's, it's so challenging. Um, And there is that pressure because the show is going to go up. The money has been invested. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's your first directing job for me. <laughs> so it's like, like uh, <laughs> and it the work. clock is ticking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So would you say for people um, in there, I heard one of the things I heard you say is, and I think it's true that putting boundaries around um, like restrictions around a creative project um, an enterprise increases that pressure increases the creative problem solving. Yeah, I think it does. And uh, I, I've learned to understand that about myself going forward. I think that was definitely a, um, a big moment of realization for me there, but in smaller ways, I've seen that going forward with my day to day too, because I'll get, um, you know, even when I get an audition dropped in my my email box, and uh, sometimes it's crazy the amount of material. Like I have a, a 14 page audition right now that I just got yesterday. This due tomorrow, and now you know I'm a dad, and so I can't just drop my entire life and go. I'm going to stay up all night and memorize these 14 pages and have it you know perfectly camera ready. Now it's a little bit. Um, I put a restriction around like I have to be healthy with myself. I have to continue with my daily routine, and I will allow the time I can to put towards this and releasing a little bit to say to the world, it will be what it's going to be and trust that in the moment I'm going to do my best possible and, uh, and not strive to be an absolute perfectionist and let it breathe a little and take its own form. And honestly, I don't know. I I feel like that's helped me in some way too, with uh, not trying to control so much and letting go a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's Interesting. And do you find that then if you put the boundaries around, like you said, like letting go, like you also say, okay, I'm going to allow X amount of time for this project, you know, or for in this case for memorizing and getting, you know, ready for this audition, then it fills that time. Right. And yeah, and if, if you had put longer hours onto it, then it would have filled that time. Yes. Oh yeah. I, that's one thing I've learned about myself too. Like I can, if you, I can fill any amount of time with the work i can keep working i'm like a person who can keep working keep perfecting keep you know doing other things well oh have i done this exercise with yet oh have i considered you know this character's you know um elements are they fire are they wind are they you know how do they move like what is their color you know like what would they be listening to if they had a playlist and oh my gosh i can go on for forever i will fill whatever time i'm given and so Mm -hmm. for setting some it has been a a learning curve to set, you know, boundaries for myself and to take care of myself, honestly, because I would stay up all night before, you know, yeah. making sure every word was perfect, but, uh, creativity, I think does find a way, you know, um, when you set those limits, because I have found other ways to, to make it work, you know, um, even if it's, if I'm not able to have the 14 pages, hundred percent word perfect. And I'm, you know, I tape up the scripts around 
you know, where the camera is now and I'm able to pull some lines if I need them, you know, without stopping a scene and be able to to check them out, then that's, this is what it is. And honestly, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes it's better. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Um, if people want to reach you, Dan, what's a great way for them to reach you? Uh, I am on yeah, I'm on platforms, um, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm just at Dan Am Boyer, and that's D-A-N-A-M-B-O-Y-E-R. I know I'm saying that like I'm talking to someone I'm rescheduling my flight with a Delta. You know, I'm about to be like, he's an Apple, Emma's a Mary, but yeah, that's, how you, that's how you can find me. Uh, that's wonderful. And do you have any projects or anything? I know we're still kind of in an in-between time right now, but is there anything? Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm currently, I'm shooting this um, show for Netflix right now, um, which will be out next mm-hmm. year. Um, it's called Uncoupled and um it's a fun little show and I don't know when next year, uh, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're shooting a lot of stuff outdoors. Uh, and I'm, I'm very cold wearing summer ish clothing sometimes. So they might be aiming for summer. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, Dan, thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate it. It's of great course. to talk with you. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And for everyone who's listening, if you'd like to connect with story and horse, you can find us at story and horse and also at storyandhorse.com. Thanks so much for listening and please join us for the next episode of the story and horse podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. Please help us spread the word by subscribing and sharing this podcast with friends. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode.